Welcome to the Women of Color Conversations podcast with Megan and Danusha. In today's episode, we chat with Celeste Stewart, owner and founder of Bold Curiosity. Celeste is a thought leader in the space of adult learning, a facilitator focusing on graduate development and an entrepreneur. So welcome to Conversations Women of Color. We're so happy to have you with us here today. Yeah, I'll hand over to me. Thanks, Celeste. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, we're very happy um, to chat to you today. In the introduction, we briefly introduced your business, Bold Curiosity. Can you tell us more about your business and what exactly it is that you do? Hmm. So my my business is, um, I'm in the leadership development space. And what I do is I I partner with um, companies and people who run scholarship organizations. And what's... The, the core of my business is around nurturing young talent. So let's say in an organization, they want to run a graduate development program. Um, I would partner with a company to get them to develop a strategy for their talent. And then also to teach the different stakeholders how to work with different generations coming in. And then also helping the um, what I call young professionals, helping them understand how to navigate the business world because it's a very different space to like, you know, being, being a student. So we talk about that. We talk about challenges in the workplace, how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the, the, the biggest part of my business, but it's not the only part because yeah. I also do work in the women in leadership space. Um, and then I also work in the coaching and mentoring arena as well. And a few other things. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so mouthful. Um, what challenges did you face as a woman of color and entrepreneur? Would you say you were welcome? Mm. Um, <laughs> what challenges have <laughs> I faced? Yo, how long have you guys get? <laughs> I mean, I think uh, firstly, just, you know, as a woman coming in, um, you know, I, I, and just to kind of go a step back, I'm very deliberate about saying that I am a thought leader. Like yeah. I claim that title for myself. And I think I've learned over the years, like it has to begin with me because mm. often the spaces I go into, if I've not been referred by someone can be very um, cold or confusing because I don't look like the typical profile <laughs> of, you know, people who would co- typically call themselves a consultant. Thankfully for me, I mean, I've learned the power of networking and relationships. So often there's referral, which does help a little bit, but still there are challenges to navigate. So, I mean, I've had, you know, all the isms that I've had to deal with, but I think, um, I think if I just go back next month, I celebrate my six year anniversary. And if I think about what were the challenges at the start, it was very much that thing about breaking in to the consulting space and um, breaking into um, a profession um, that is very clicky, especially in Cape Town and um, people not always being welcoming of a new name or a new type of consultant. And so I've, I've dealt with sexism, racism, ageism, like all the isms that, that you can deal with. And, and still, it still comes up for me, but I just, I've developed skills to, to uh, navigate it. Like to most things in life, you start your schooling career, which prepares you for university. Then you enter new territory, which is supposed to help you transition from university to the workplace. 
in your experience as a woman of color, did university prepare you for your role in corporate South Africa? <laughs> no. I know disrespect to any company or anything, but I think, I think um, what, what universities does, and, and remember, the first time I studied was, was like, <laughs> wow, 90, uh, 90, I, my first year was in 1995, my oh, goodness. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting, it's interesting that, that so much has changed and so little has changed at mm. the same time, because, you know, on the one hand, we've progressed so much, but when it comes to change management and preparing people i see i see young people battling with the same things yeah. that i battled with when i came in so did it prepare me absolutely not i had to experience um, many things and like you know simple thing like trying to break into the market when mm -hmm. i first graduated you know and i didn't have anyone um in the family who could help me navigate the space because I was first off. Yeah. And so many things for me, it was trial and error. And when you come from a, a family where there hasn't, there, there isn't a, a track record on how to manage yourself in the corporate space and how to transition. I mean, there wasn't anyone that could tell me, try this, try that. Um, everything was new for me. Everything was foreign. So yeah. there were lots of risks that I could have yeah. taken that I didn't because I simply didn't know. And mm. I didn't know that I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 yeah, it was, it was very different. It certainly didn't prepare me. And there was a lot of work that I had to do on my own. Like mm. the first time I went for an interview, I went to the career center. I remember this day very clearly. Yeah. I went there, I went to pick up an interview guide. I walked home. I prepared in front of the mirror. I still messed up big time, but mm. I did because I just like, I knew there was a lot of, a lot more work I needed to put in. Yeah. Some of my other counterparts and I just I got on with shit. Like I just mm -hmm. I started doing the preparation. Yeah. And and, and so it, like everything was a big thing for me to discover. So like I mean the way that's helped me is that like I'm not afraid to, you know, navigate new spaces, but mm -hmm. it's incredibly overwhelming and it's emotionally taxing as well. So no, I, I don't think <laughs> it was like learn the hard way for me yeah uh, what do you think universities can do to prepare graduates for um workplace so i'm not really referring to the work you do but what can universities do just to make that transition a little bit easier well i think the one thing universities need to definitely do is let go of some of the kind of the status they tend to hold on to and learn from other educational institutions where they make that like your internship period part of your studying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like at, at a Technicon, you spend almost your bulk, a significant part of your last year in industry working. So I think um, the way universities operate, the model on which they operate, like that must be challenged substantially i think people i think we must flip the whole script i think people must everyone must spend like the first year of deciding what they're going to study before they've even committed to a study choice of like what they're going to mm. do you must spend time in industry and mm. you must see what it's really awesome. like and yeah. then and then start to sink your your mind into the theoretical application but the way the world of work is changing now like 
Yeah. We really need to have the courage to let go of those old recipes that we hold on to for goodness knows what reason. But I think universities, <laughs> you know, universities especially because there's so much like there's so much of an ego like um, agenda on the line. And historically, our world was designed for the industrial era, which means that everyone was really being primed to be to go to school, then go to university and, and then work and then have the status and then come back and do certain mm -hmm. studying. And and that framework is is no longer relevant for the world that we're in now. You know, and COVID yeah. has been biggest the biggest disruptor and a reality check of the kind of world that we're fast approaching. So I think universities A need to wake up and smell the coffee. B they <laughs> must they, they must have a bit of fluidity with their approach to learning. And I think see a lot more closer partnerships with industry. And I must just say that is definitely happening with a lot of universities and, you know, with new professors coming in, they, they really wanting to break away from a very conservative model. Yeah. So I think, I think it is happening in some places, but I think it just, it needs to be happening more. Um, and it needs to be applied more consistently across like departments within universities because business is keen the industry is keen to do it because mm -hmm. you know it ultimately affects them mm -hmm. um so yeah i think closer partnerships and and more partnerships happening because they are there but they're not enough yet yeah yeah i was actually a product of this because i didn't know what the working world would be like and i took a degree on that was completely wrong for me so I think that's a great idea to introduce a practical aspect in the first year so you get to know the mm. industry. So one of yeah. the services that you offer as an entrepreneur is to help graduates transition from university to the workplace. What are some of the major challenges that women of color face in uh, today's workplace? Yeah, I think firstly, and, and I think this is around how women, as women, we are socialized. But I think the first um reality check for me becoming a fully fledged entrepreneur um in my late 30s was like you have to believe in yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> um and we don't yet you know we don't we don't socialize we don't condition young girls to believe in themselves from a young age and certainly as women of color as black women we, we not you're not encouraged to have that kind of swag as a small girl and i was definitely born with that Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was, it was like panel beaten out of me as I got older. So I think number one is to trust girls and, and women of color to believe in themselves, to, to take risks and, and, and go with what they think is right. I mean, it's interesting, Danusha, you say, you know, you made that mistake with, you, with university and studying. I mean, to me in life, there are no mistakes. Like no. everything becomes relevant at some point. So Maybe that course of study wasn't the thing that you ultimately pursued, but I, I promise you, you're going to draw on some of the, the stuff that you learned. You know, you may pop it in the shit bucket right now, but, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it all contributes to your, your, your box of magic. So I think, I think that's the one thing. And this thing about taking risks, mm. like we really need to encourage women to, mm. to push as far out of their comfort zones as they can. I mean, I, it makes me, it breaks my heart. It makes me so sad when I hear women talk about their dreams and you can just see their faces light up. They know what they want to do. Like yeah. we, don't need, we don't need courses to help people get clear on their dream. They know what their dream is. Like mm -hmm. everyone knows 
that calling that they're born with. Nobody can give that to you. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's that thing about, can I make it? Now, of course, I can't guarantee you you're going to make so much in terms of turnover and, you know, sales, especially with the market that we're in now. But, but it's, it's, about, um, it's about fostering that mindset that you're going to be okay. Um, and, and that begins with when girls are very young and especially for women of color because we're up against so much in the industry mm-hmm. that um, you might as well, you know, we, as women, we, we must find that grounding within ourselves. It's not going to come from an outside source. It's a good discipline to have anyway, that mm-hmm. internal validation. And then the other thing is like, as women of color, we mustn't be afraid to, and we must, we must learn the language of business mm-hmm. and we must learn to talk money, yeah. <laughs> you know? This thing about, and it's, it's so like, like human behavior is, is so fascinating. Like a lot of the times it actually just grates my tits, but like, if I think about women, you know, women, what, what do, what do you find a lot of women do? They go shopping, then they hide their stuff. Now, oh my word, why the hell do you hide your stuff? Like, like yeah. me, I'm the type of person, I, I'm not even done shopping. I've already sent five people messages about what I bought. So here's the thing. Um, I think, you know, and we laugh about that, it may seem funny, but I think it's, it's, so, it's a reflection of a broader issue about being very secretive about yeah. what you do and how you've grown and like not talking openly about what you charge and how much money you're making. And yeah. I think especially in the communities of color, like the minute people start hearing like your rates and they go like, oh, now you like, you, God, yeah. you must be rolling in it. And of course... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you run a business that money is not your whole salary there's there's expenses that come of that so just getting getting women to to and again it starts from a young age talk money talk the business language um let's talk the jargon with with girls stop this nonsense about oh you must make your doll pretty and you must play with a tea set yes do that but teach girls monopoly yourself so that they can learn negotiation um, and, and, and also like allow women to be their confident selves because, you know, a man will show up with exactly the same behavior as me and he'll be seen labeled to be as confident. I come in as a woman, as a very loud woman, as a very bossy woman, and I'm told like you're aggressive, you're too forward, you're too pushy. So, so also like I, I always encourage young women um, and especially grads want to go like, don't listen to the outside language because it's not very supportive and it, and it hurts when it comes from our own community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just like go with it. And, and I always say, find another woman who is doing what you want to do, who looks like you and is a few years ahead of you on your journey and let that one woman inspire you. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have one powerful role model then try and fight like a community that doesn't actually get where I'm going and so also that about who's in your camp like audit the people around you all the time and don't be afraid to like let go of relationships and things because because if people are not at that level mindset or maturity or their own path then, then it's hard for them to understand understand you and and support you so so yeah so coming back to that um in the workspace do you think women of color face more challenges than men do and in what regards oh yes um so (laughs) i mean this whole thing about just like charging 
It's like it's like Mina. I already know when I send out the invoice. Sometimes like there's gonna be a thing about oh, can we negotiate your rates? Oh, yeah, we know that like, joke too well. <laughs> <laughs> like really, um, and and I think um, what's what's interesting about the space that we're in now is that there are so many of us who really who are desperate for work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so there's that tension between you know that people want to negotiate and you also know that you need work and and i i like to remind young people and myself as well that like the stench of desperation never ends well and so um you know being being comfortable to to ask your worth and then i think also just um again like i said breaking into spaces where there are not a lot of other women of color who have led the way for you can you guys still hear me Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. So, for instance, um, so so in my space, there there are more now more consultants of color, but we we definitely still in the minority. Um, and and there's that thing about like when you can see the 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 client is doubting, like, can you actually do it? Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it gets asked like in in camouflage ways. So like, oh, okay, so like. We've got a really senior group of people. Do you have experience working with this group of people? And then, you know, it's sort of, you know where it's coming from. You know that the client doesn't necessarily have the same kind of faith in me, for instance, as they would do my white counterparts. Mm-hmm. And so that that I also find is, is really a big thing. Um, and then, yeah, like people wanting to, like, check your work and triple check your work. <laughs> like send us, your, send us your presentation before you're gonna do the workshop so we can just check your stuff and then it's like no yeah. <laughs> like no because like you won't ask like somebody else won't be required to do the same thing um yeah. and i think yeah those, those are just those are some of the the um the challenges that i think that i've experienced still still sometimes continue to experience and i definitely think other women of color up against um so i just want to touch on a point that you mentioned earlier um you were saying that the workplace has changed because of covid so let's say you started your career as a graduate in training at the beginning of 2020 and then by march um ramaphosa uh, announced mm-hmm. that we entered in a lockdown period now mm-hmm. as a graduate entering the workplace the dynamics have changed you are now you now have to nego- uh, navigate the workplace virtually, which I can imagine is probably very daunting and overwhelming for mm-hmm. a graduate. Do you think there are enough support systems in place to support graduates right now? No, 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 no. Definitely not enough. What, what has happened with when, when COVID started is that everything came to a screeching halt. And yes, we needed to have that. But I think the, the missed opportunity in all of that was supporting people mm-hmm. and especially supporting young people. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I, I think about if this was me when I first started my career, I would have had a massive meltdown by now because the transition is already big in itself, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but, but somehow it works because it, it's... It has the support system in place and it mm-hmm. assumes that you're going to be people 
interacting, you know, and interfacing with, with stakeholders. Because you, you must ask people questions as a young person. You must ask someone, how do you do? How do I write this report? How do I do this financial report? Mm-hmm. And now, now, now we take something as complex as that and we add this extra layer of global pandemic and work remotely. So yeah. I think in, in that screeching halt of everything coming to an end and we all being deer in headlights, I mean, I must commend like my, my clients where I just said, can I please do just do check-ins with the grants? And because we've got such a high trust relationship, um, they would they would say yes, or sometimes it didn't happen. Maybe the first month, the second month, and like the first session with so many of the grads was just like, "How are you doing? Mm. Yeah. Like, how are you? Let's just talk. Let's open agenda. No specific exercises." And of course, then you hear how how people are struggling, and this is for everyone, different mm. class groups, different races, whatever. But again, to bring it back to if you come, if you are, you know, a black South African or a community of color, they, they, and again, you don't have the people that you, that, you know, if you are still first generation, you know, then, then yeah. again, it makes this period so much harder because there mm-hmm. isn't anyone at home that you can ask and quickly check in with. That support system that you thought you were going to have is now fully disintegrated. So I think like for the clients that I've worked with, I'm, and I'm so grateful that, you know, we've got that relationship. We were able to connect with, with the grads, but um, my heart just goes out to any young person who didn't have that support. And I suppose just to say to them, like, don't be hard on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. this has happened. This has thrown all of us, of course. Um, and now like get creative. If, if you're not getting the support from, your organization and I must just say sometimes it's not malicious but it's just because everyone is trying to like people are fumbling over their feet mm-hmm. um look out on social media there are people offering free interviewing skills free cv free this that and the other and um, try and get that information outside because at the end of the day like when we get to a point of managing COVID better, like your career still needs to pick up, you know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is still your future we're talking about and, and don't ever compromise on that. So here's where I say utilize social media and YouTube and LinkedIn learning, if you can, to your benefit um, so that you don't, you don't um, add an additional delay into your career or an additional um, stumbling block because these are, crazy times and then yeah for where the, com- the companies that could uh, where they've deliberately kind of put all people development um on hold i fully i fully like disagree with that because now more than ever we need to be having conversations with people around development leadership skills um stress management that's a mm. big topic yeah. like every yeah. organization Every organization should be talking stress, anxiety, and mental health right now. Mm, that, yeah. that, like, if you want to put everything on hold and that's all you talk about, then, then you guys are like right up there, like Chuck Norris level, you know, in my <laughs> mind. But, but, but we, we yeah, do okay. need to be, be having those conversations um, because people, people need it. Yeah. Um, that's amazing that your clients um, basically gave you time to, you know, chat with the graduates and just check in to see how they're doing. Um, Because like you mentioned, mental health is very, very important. And I mean, this period has been very difficult to navigate. 
So I just quickly want to chat to you about um, the social justice movement called Call Out or Cancel Culture, where anyone can voice their feelings of frustrations towards um, the behavior of a brand, an influencer, or just any person on social media. It's a tool used to reveal injustice and the need for reform. So as a social media user, you have a voice to speak out. So let's say you experience racism um, or gender inequality at work. Can you use the same tools in the workplace, especially as a person of color? Oh, <laughs> I feel like I need tequila to <laughs> You guys! <laughs> um, look, I think... To be very honest with you, the levels of maturity in organizations vary. There are some companies where you can, um, you can raise it and then there are also different reactions. Mm. So I think, I think um, look, for a lot of companies, there's still, there's still that fear-based thing, you know? Yeah. Um, there's also the disconnect. And the, when I say disconnect, I mean people who are making decisions about culture and about like, you know, an ad that goes out, for instance, the disconnect where people that make decisions like that are not being represented. In other words, they are predominantly white South Africans. And so mm. they don't come from the same starting point. They can't always connect or see or feel or experience what, what we do. Um, and so, and so when the other challenge is when people raise these things, like you get that reaction, like, like, what do you mean? You know, mm. that, that wasn't what we intended or like we're not racist people. So I think what, in my personal opinion, with so many people reaching out on social media, I think it's also a reflection of the fact that that psychological safety doesn't always sit in organizations mm. because people become defensive or they go like, yeah, but, but I'm not like, I mean, just now recently for me, I've, I've had experiences like this where, the, the people immediately go, but, but like, I'm not a racist. And I just sit there and I go, yo, I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm tired of having to explain that it's not about you being a racist person or sometimes it is, but it's not in this case, it wasn't, but it's about systemic racism. Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that if I go to a conference and I don't see anyone that looks like me, like it causes turmoil for me, but you don't like, you don't even notice that. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't trigger anything for you. So I think the reason why a lot of it happens on social media is because there isn't, there isn't that safety to do it always in every organization. And then I think, you know, when, when, um, when it, when it does happen, there's so many other layers that you need to navigate like white fragility, Mm -hmm. when you bring up, bring up a topic of white guilt. So now you must explain the racism. Then you must sit in the room while like Karin has a meltdown. And now and then you must deal with the, the guilt that Karin throws you away. Like that whole gaslighting thing. Yeah. So I think, um, I think again, it does exist, but in some organizations, but we can do so much more around having brave, courageous, honest conversations I, I sat with a client of mine, I think last year, and we were having coffee and she started talking about white privilege and she's a white, very senior position, white female herself. And, you know, it was so powerful in our conversation when she said to me, you know what, Celeste, I used to get very defensive about white privilege, but now I get it. 
Mm. I, I promise you, my relationship with this woman has just, it's on a whole new level now because she accepts it, she gets it, and now she's working to dismantle the systems in an organization. And so we need more allies like that. And um, yeah, we, we need companies and organizations to be brave where these conversations are concerned because it's in all of our best interests. It's not yeah. like we want now to create this reverse racism system. I mean, that's just a load of BS. It's we, 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 want, we want to be equal. We want to be seen. We, we want to exist in a world where we don't need to have these kinds of conversations now because there's extra layers that we need to navigate. So we really do want inclusion and, and equality. Hmm. Thank you, Celeste. Uh, I do hope that white people don't need to be elderly and old to get <laughs> what our fight is all about, yeah. but I'm glad that your client gets it, and I hope that we can open this conversation up so that more people, more white people actually learn from this. I yeah. think you've mentioned the challenges that women of color face in business. What is the challenges that you face as a woman of color in every single day of life, and what would you like to say to young women? and how they can overcome these challenges? Um, in terms of my everyday challenges and, and um, my, my appeal to young women is, I think like I said earlier, like don't be afraid to leap into the thing that you, like the thing that makes you happy. Like you shouldn't have to wait until you're in your 60s or like me, late 30s, and then only go like, like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. But like, I knew I wanted to do that all along. So, mm -hmm. so I think there's, there's that thing about like, trust yourself enough to lean into your dream. And then, you know, you still work hard. You don't just lay on the couch and then like money mm -hmm. rolls into your account, you know, um, you, you still need to put in the work. But I think um, some of the challenges sometimes I also face is how I am sometimes mocked by other women. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah sometimes the fight is internal and that's mm. when it breaks my heart so like for instance i mean megan and i were doing this this quiz yesterday and she you know the question came up like what what do you what chores do you not like and megan not she said all chores like i will walk around dirt and dirt dishes but mina i won't clean it up you know i just mm. i i i just like it's with every cell in my body. But the thing is, like when, like when women get together, I really want to encourage women to challenge themselves to start to expand the conversation. Like we don't have to only talk about dishes and ironing when mm -hmm. we get together. Yeah, um, number two, like when we go to the way we socialize, the way we behave when we socialize, like let's start questioning it. Let's start looking at it very critically. And then, think like who said we must do this like my simple example i always give is at a family bride who the hell said we must make potatoes <laughs> and like, like the men must be outside by the fire it's a liquor to be at the fire you're like that's where the conversation's happening so mm -hmm. so um i mean and and i've often said like with a family gathering i've said let's flip let's get the men to do the salad and the women to make the fire and then there's like crickets creak, creak, like silent <laughs> And, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm sure like outside of that, people were probably saying, why must she always be so different? And oh, look at her. So, so I think we, we must in within ourselves as women, 
we must be prepared to challenge some of these norms that we've accepted as the reality, because I do find that's problematic for me um, as well. And, and, um, and, that, and the, 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 the pushback I usually get is from other women. And then I just think like as a woman of color, um, access to, to um, finance, Mm-hmm. understand like equipping myself with like the financial knowledge to to run a business again um you know like my parents are absolutely amazing like i've learned a lot of leadership skills from them but there's certain conversations like strategy and financial projections that i can't talk about so like mm-hmm. like i said earlier equip yourself with that knowledge get yourself mentors who can help you with that specific information identify what it is you you need to learn like Mm -hmm. at any given point i always have about four to five mentors in my life who can just like talk business strategy with me talk um how to pivot etc so for women of color especially young women of color like have those mentors in your life and you know people always say but how do you find a mentor you don't go to someone and then you go down on a bended knee and say oh will you please be my mentor like it's it's just find someone you can talk to and you can mm-hmm. have a level of comfort and like that creates that safety for you. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, th- there's just so many other issues. Like for instance, as a woman, and I, that I don't think this is specific to my race group, but like when pre-COVID, Megan will tell you, Danusha, I do lots of traveling and I love it, except for like the plane ride. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, but I like mm-hmm. moving all over the place. And like, We'll be somewhere, and the first thing people will ask me is, but who looks after your family? Yeah. <laughs> who looks after your family when you travel? When, where Shane will never get that question. Nobody mm-hmm. ever asks Shane, yeah. who looks after the children when you must go to Bloom for your master's or when you're in a meeting all day? They, so it's, it's, it's those kinds of additional challenges. We still get boxed and, and we need to work around that. And I think more so for, for women of color because we still have that whole slavery mindset that we need to cleanse ourselves of um, that, yeah, that adds to our challenge. Mm-hmm. I think you and I can both agree that we're the black sheep in the family. Without <laughs> bringing that same kind of thing up. Um, so thank you so much, Celeste. I've learned so much from you today. Thank you so much for joining the show. Megan and I are so grateful to have you on. If anyone wants to connect with you, where can they find you? Okay, so social media, they can look at, um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn and then also on Instagram, either Celeste Hewitt or Bold Curiosity, my business page. Um, Twitter, my my handle is Boldly Celeste, <laughs> just to make this <laughs> And then, yeah, I'm still also on Facebook, um, either my personal profile or my business page, they can follow me there. Um, yeah, I think those are all my places. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so, Thank so, you so much. much, Celeste. It was really lovely Thanks, chatting yeah. to you. All right. Thank, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Colour. Check out our social media channels. Search for Admus underscore Danusha and The Authentical across all platforms. And if you enjoyed the conversation, share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next one.